Welcome back, everyone, to the Chaos Ball Podcast. Thanks for tapping in with me today. Got a good one. Minor League Team of the Year. My second Minor League Team of the Year pod since I started this whole thing. I really enjoyed doing it last year. It was one of my better received episodes last year. I'm sure a few of you who have uh, who have hopped on in the middle of this season didn't listen to last year's, which is fair. But here we go. Here we are. I love the minor leagues. Uh, as always, I would like to shout out Mariners Miners on Twitter. Fantastic source for every Mariners minor league game that is happening. They li- they tweet uh, about legitimately every minor league team that's playing for the Mariners during the season. They do a lot of really good work. They post a lot of good videos, a lot of just good wrap-ups of games. Uh, it's really good. If you're on Twitter or X, I'm not calling it X, but if you're on the Bird app, just uh, follow them if you have any interest in Mariners minor league content. And the past few years has been really great too because the like Fangraph specifically has really bulked up their minor league stats pages and like they have minor league leaderboards for stats now which is great there's a lot more access to minor league um just content and 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 that's changed dramatically the past few years so i'm very glad for that uh most of these are it's pretty stat based uh i am pretty in the know of mariners minor league prospects especially because I do follow Mariners Miners that Twitter account very closely. So I generally, besides the stats, I kind of know who else has been really impactful this year if it doesn't really show up on the stat sheet. But all of these stats I will read to you are from Fangraphs. Uh, this is, again, Minor League Team of the Year, every position um, in, on offense, including three outfielders, one DH five starting pitchers, and then three relief pitchers. Same thing I did last year, and uh, you know what? I'm just going to freaking kick it off. There were so many good, there were a lot of good minor leaguers in the system this year. Pretty different from last year's team, though, to be quite honest. Uh, Really a lot of hitter heavy, quite hitter heavy uh, this year as compared to last year. Last year was quite uh, pitcher heavy. There were a lot more pitching prospects that I a lot more like bluer chippy pitching prospects that were included on the team last year uh but last year's team was also weird because you had like half a season of minor league ball from like Novi Marte and guys that were traded in the middle of the year too uh but also last year the the hitting the hitting part of the Mariners minor league system was just weaker uh the Mariners system overall was weaker they had graduated a bunch of guys last year and the years prior and they also hadn't gone full bore on like the draft like they did last year and they traded a lot of their prospects last year for um like Luis Castillo and also like the the Eugenio Suarez Jesse Winker trade they traded a lot of prospects last year uh so they didn't have a great system and I remember at the start of this year saying the system wasn't graded out super well at the start of the year but I knew there was a lot of talent. I thought there was a lot of fringe 100 guys in this minor league system. There weren't a lot of top 100 guys at the start of the year, but I, I looked at I looked at it, and I decided. The Mariners probably had a decent amount of guys in that 100 to 150, 175 range of prospect grades. And it I was kind of right. They ended the year with a much better graded system, uh, particularly for hitting prospects. And it's really exciting because you had like double A, you had your A ball teams, you had Modesto Nuts and the Everett Aqua Sox chock full of your hitting talent. And I think a lot of that talent, like DePoto expressed in his press conference, uh, and if you haven't listened to my emergency press conference pod, go do that, uh, released midweek last week. But DePoto did say there would be a lot of mid to late uh, call ups probably next year. So, and it's going to be picked from a lot of the guys on this team. And so without further ado, let's get into it with Catcher. Some of these are quite predictable. Can you guess who is the Mariners Minor League Catcher of the Year? 
It's none other than Sir Harry Ford, the Brit. Harry Ford, he was on last year's Team of the Year, so this is a two-time Chaos Ball Award recipient. He also received the Dan Wilson Community Service Award from the Mariners this year, which is very cool. Harry Ford played his whole season at the Everett Aquasox. That is high A ball. He is the Mariners' top overall prospect. The dude is 20 years old. Sky's the limit with his potential. Uh, and he played 118 games this year. Workhorse after playing in the WBC. And he's right now still playing for Great Britain somewhere. So played a lot of games this year. That's uh, 565 plate appearances in which he slashed 257, 410, 430 with 15 bombs, 67 RBIs, 24 stolen bases. It's good for a 135 WRC+. And if you don't know, WRC+, is Fangraph's uh, run metric that a lot of people have started to use recently, weighted runs created, uh, and then the plus is just signifying that it is set against the league average and uh, they take into account like park factor and stuff like that so in that case 100 is league average so harry ford was 35 percent better than league average in high a ball that number those numbers are again they're set against league average and like minor league averages can probably be a little weird so it's more i'm not um take take the wrc plus with a grain of salt i just wanted to include it because fan graphs include includes it so a lot of stolen bases for Harry Ford. Uh, and then that came with an 18.3% walk rate and a 19.4% K rate. So, a weird catching profile for Sir Harry Ford. I think he's definitely improved this year from everything I've, I've read. He's definitely improved from a catching perspective. I still think there's a long way to go. I still probably don't think he's a long-term catcher. He's so athletic but his like receiving of the ball and his actual catching ability leaves a lot to be you know there's a lot to be desired there Uh, his arm strength is pretty good he uh, had 30 caught stealing this year and 101 stolen bases allowed which is not I mean that's not that bad uh I just I don't know if he sticks a catcher because you see 24 stolen bases in 118 games like he's really fast he has, like, really good raw power for his size, too. Really, really good bat speed. And I think he's athletic enough to move out of the catcher position to a corner outfield. I don't know. Second base? First base? I don't know. I think he, I think he's athletic enough to move to potentially a corner outfield spot. Or maybe they'll just develop him into a really solid catcher. But it's not like the Mariners necessarily need a solid catcher at the big league level right now. But... Really good season from Harry Ford. I imagine he'll be in Double A to start the year next year, or at least make it to Double A at some point. Uh, it's a really good year. The walk rate stands out especially for me. That eighteen percent walk rate is crazy high. Uh, the dude knows the zone. I think at the plate wise, again, the sky's the limit for him. Like really athletic, raw power, speed can get on base at a really high clip. Just really, really bright future for our man from Great Britain, Sir Harry Ford. And at first base, Tyler Locklear. A lot of talk about Tyler Locklear this year. He's in the Arizona Fall League right now, cooking in his first few games. He had six plate appearances in the Complex League this year, and I think it was when he was coming back from injury because he didn't play the full year. But then he started out in, uh, in Everett as well in high A. He played 61 games there with 275 plate appearances. He slashed 305, 422, 549 with 12 home runs, 40 stolen bases. 40 stolen, no, that's not correct. 40 RBIs, 10 stolen bases, a 13.1% walk rate and a 21.8% K rate, which is pretty solid, pretty solid for that level. And he had 162 WRC+, so... He absolutely raked in high A. And then he got promoted to double A. He ended the season in Arkansas with the Travelers. In double A, he played 22 games, had 94 plate appearances, slash 260, 383, 403, 
one home run, eight RBIs, two stolen bases, 114 WRC+, with an 11.7% walk rate and a 14.9% K rate. So he jumped up a level, and his walk rate went slightly down, but his K rate went down a lot, which is, I don't know how much that is a fluke. It's a pretty small sample, but that's encouraging. From everything I've seen about this dude, he just hits the ball hard. Uh, He has... 65 graded raw power which is really good and it seems like I don't know if he's going to stick at third um, because I think he was drafted as a third baseman but obviously he's the first baseman on this team of the year he played the majority of games at first base this year uh, but he did play a fair amount of third and he DH'd a little bit so I think I think we definitely could see Tyler Locklear at some point next year uh, he was the Mariners, I want to say, second-round pick uh, in the Cole Young draft in uh, 2022. Yeah, second-round pick, 19th overall, or uh, 58th overall. So, bright future for this fellow, too. I think just a really good hitter, and if he can just rake and be a first baseman at the big league level and, and have a above-average walk rate, even if he had like a league-average K rate, that's still not a bad future for him. So, that's the first baseman. And now second base. A man who I did not know existed before this season. Hogan Windish takes home the second baseman spot on this team of the year. Hogan spent the whole season at the Everett Aquasox. Also, Hogan Windish, that is a fantastic name. He was also in the 2022 draft, uh, round 7, pick 20. And he, he played a lot of first this year as well. As second, uh, he actually played more games at first, but he played enough second base for me to want to put him at second base on this team. And he kind of, uh, kind of a minor, a minor breakout for him this year. So he played 105 games in the minors this year with Everett, 452 plate appearances. Uh, he slashed 270, 372, 506 slugging percentage because he hit 22 home runs. Had 84 RBIs and 10 stolen bases. Uh, 136 WRC plus. Really solid. Uh, 12.2% walk rate. 30.8% K rate. That is a little alarming. Uh, 22 home runs is a lot of home runs. Especially in the minor league. Especially in like high A. That is a lot of home runs. I think he was one of the top like 50 home run hitters in the minors this year. Uh, So a lot of power in this kid. And he, I know he was on, he's on the Mariners like top 32 from Fangraphs, but pretty under the radar type prospect. Uh, just really put together a good season at the plate this year. I don't know about his fielding, but it seems like, you know, second base, first base, you worry less about the fielding there. Uh, the 30% K rate in high A is a little alarming. I will go into it with a couple more guys on this list, but a K rate that high in the minors despite the power output, makes me nervous. Because if you're striking out that much in the minors, I don't, like, it's hard to see you not striking out, like, 40% in the majors, at least. And it would be, you'd have to kind of be Barry Bonds, home run output-wise, to validate a super high K rate like that. Uh, So, Hogan, a lot to work on in the K department, but really encouraging year, especially from a, this is his second pro season, so he's got a lot of time to develop, and I think it was a really encouraging year for him. He's only 24, so he's got a lot of time ahead of him, but really good season from Hogan Windish. I enjoyed uh, doing a little deep dive on him because I really hadn't heard of him very much, but moving on to third base. Another man who, I don't know if he sticks at third. I don't know if he... He's played all over the place. Um, Likely, if we see him with the Mariners, I think he'll be playing first base. It's Jake Shiner, uh, Mariners Twitter legend this season. He was on my 2022 Team of the Year honorable mention list last year, so he clearly saw that, put that on his bulletin board, and came out this year and said, I'm going to get that starting spot, and he did. He did. He played the whole season for the Tacoma Rainiers. He was the Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, Co-Hitter of the Year Award. The other Co-Hitter of the Year is on this list. 
he was tied for 10th in home runs across the entire minor leagues. He had 30 bombs this year in AAA, which is crazy. Uh, he played 124 games down there, 553 play appearances, slashing 252, 369, 509. So the man can hit the ball hard. The man can really hit the ball hard. He had the 30 home runs, like I said, 105 RBIs, 5 stolen bases, and 108 WRC+. So a little low, but it's it's a higher level in AAA. Uh, and clearly most of that's coming from the home runs. Uh, with a, He had a 14.6% K rate, or walk rate, 24.2% K. That would be about league average in the majors. Uh, I'm not super alarmed at that in AAA, to be, to be honest. Um, it's a little high, but I think... His profile is first base, third base, high home run, high K, like three true outcome kind of guy. So I think that just fits his profile. Uh, and then a little caveat, this is the only triple eight hitter I have on here, but uh, in the Pacific Coast League where the Tacoma Rainiers play, they had the challenge system, the ball and strike challenge system, and that caused walk rates to go up league-wide by a decent couple percentage points. So... That 14.6% walk rate, good. It's probably closer, you know, without an automated zone, closer to 11 or 12, which is still solid, still very good walk rate. Um, and the, the and MLB might adopt that anyway, too. I just wanted to have that caveat in here because this is important. There's a couple other rules in the minors you kind of have to look out for when evaluating a guy like this. So Jake Shiner, maybe, I mean, the Mariners awarded him co-hitter of the year in the minors, one of the best seasons uh, in AAA I've seen in quite a long time with 30 home runs. Uh, I think he's absolutely going to make an appearance on the team next year if he's not traded or something. A lot of people wanted him on the team this year. I would have liked to see him. Like I I feel like they could have given him some at-bats at some point. Maybe, I don't know. Did you need Sam Haggerty and Jose Caballero starting down the stretch? I'm not going to get into that. I'm not going to get into that. But that was the third baseman. And now shortstop. I bet you can guess who the shortstop is on this list. You guessed correct. It's Cole Young. It is Cole Young. Cole motherfucking Young. He was the Al Davis Mr. Mariner Award in the minors this year. He played on the Modesto Nuts and then got promoted midway through the season to the Everett Aqua Sox. And boy, he's one of the Mariners' top prospects for a reason. Really, really impressed a lot of pro scouts this year from what I've heard, especially in terms of um, the the power numbers looked a lot better than expected. Uh, he had 78 games for the Modesto Nuts. That's three of the 76 plate appearances. He slashed 267, 396, and 429 slug. Five home runs, 39 RBIs, 17 stolen bases with 120 WRC plus down there and eight ball. 14% walk rate with a 14% K rate. Very consistent. And then he got promoted. And he played 48 games in Everett. 230 play appearances for him. Slash 292, 404, and 479. So every slash line is better than his A-ball numbers this year. He had six home runs, 23 RBIs, five stolen bases, and 142 WRC plus in a high A-ball with a 14.8% walk rate and a 16.5% K. So, Cole Young gets promoted and has better stats. He hit for more average. He got on base slightly more. He hit for more power. I think his power numbers in A-ball for the Nuts, I think were more in line with what he was more expected to do. I mean, he's only slugged 429 with five home runs in 78 games. And then in Everett, I don't know exactly what like the park factor of the of like Modesto to Everett is, but 48 games he hit six home runs and had a 479 slug. I'm focusing on the power because when the Mariners drafted this guy, it was like solid defense at shortstop, really good hit tool. Like his hit tool grades out as his best tool potential out of 55, at least on Fangraphs. But his game power and raw power have been bumped up to uh, f- out of 50 now, where he might cap out of 50. I think he showed a little bit of it last year, but I think it's the power is clearly there for a man who doesn't look like he'd hit for much power. And also encouraging about that, 
I've heard very good things about his defense at shortstop this season. Because sometimes what happens, you draft a shortstop who's great at defense in um, high school, as Cole Young was, because he's 20 years old, taken last year. And he profiles as a contact, a hitter first, fielding shortstop as he progresses through his pro career. Obviously, you're going to want to add some muscle. You got to hit for some power in the majors. You got to hit for some at least. And usually what happens, you know, you hit for more power, you bulk up a little bit, and you start striking out a little bit more, and the defense goes at short. And I think Cole Young really bulked up this offseason, and the power numbers show. And I don't think his defense really suffered very much. So that's really encouraging stuff. I think we could see Cole Young up in the bigs this next year. He could, I mean, you know, there's J.P. Crawford at shortstop, but he could play second. You know, he can back up J.P. Crawford. I He's one of the mayor's top prospects for a reason. And there's uh, plenty of good shortstops in the system. I should say uh, the two guys who really burst onto the scene after getting drafted, Colt Emerson and Ty Pete, both started playing immediately in the complex league and then got promoted to uh, the nuts. And they both had really good starts to their pro careers. They just didn't play games at all, really, for me to want to put them on this list. But I uh, will say, like, we'll see with them as well. If if their defense suffers as they add more to their frame, and it just is generally what happens. And then a guy moves to third, a guy moves to second. It's it's never There's never enough shortstops you can take because they can always move to somewhere else on the diamond. Uh, but Cole Young... Cole Young, bright spot, one of the main bright spots. A lot of a lot of scouts really like this guy. So look out for Cole Young. And now we're getting into the outfielders and DH. Four position players left. The first outfielder I want to talk about, Spencer Packard. He was on last year's Team of the Year honorable mention as well. Spencer Packard, he played the whole year in AA for Arkansas. He played 121 games. 550 plate appearances. He slashed 292, 391, 448. Very even line there with 14 home runs, 82 RBIs, one stolen base, 124 WRC plus with a 12% walk rate to 16% K rate. Uh, Just looks like a really solid hitter up there in the minors. He had a very solid year at the plate last year, which is why I put him on the honorable mention. And he proved to me this year he deserves a starting spot out there. I don't exactly know what his defense grades out to. I, his fielding is not graded super well scout-wise, but I haven't heard people talking about it being really bad. I haven't heard people talking about it being really good. So who knows? I think he's just a corner guy with a good bat, it seems like, for Spencer Packard. Uh, so a really solid season from him down in uh, uh, freaking Arkansas. The second outfielder I want to talk about here is Jonathan Class A. He had kind of a coming out party this year, but I was I've I've been on I've been all over him for the past couple of years. I really liked him when the Mariners signed him because uh, he was an international signing. Uh, I think, oh man, it was a while ago because he's 21 now, and I think they must have signed him like four four years ago. But Jonathan Class A, he had a 2020 season last year in the minors. Uh, another 2020 season this year. He was third in the entire minor leagues in steals with 79 <laughs> this year. There were two guys ahead of him who had 90-plus, which is wild. Uh, but he, Jonathan Classe, played 21 games for the Everett Aquasox and absolutely mashed. So they had to promote him to Arkansas. And very different. they're very different stat lines here. So in Everett, he played 21 games with 106 plate appearances. He slashed 333, 453, 701 with seven home runs, 51 RBIs, 17 stolen bases, 203 WRC+, with a 17% walk to a 26.4% K rate. K rate, really high for that level. And it was last year. That's my biggest knock, and I think every scout's biggest knock against him is the swing and miss. But he keeps proving that he has a surprising amount of power for his size. I've called him Discount Corbin Carroll before, 
and I will stand by that. Mostly because he profiles as a solid outfielder, and he's really fast. He has 80-grade speed, and he hits a surprising amount of home runs for his size. Uh, I think it probably has to do with bat speed, general strength, I don't know. Uh, But he got promoted, because those are stupid numbers. He's 700 slugging percentage. You're going to get promoted. So he got promoted to Arkansas. And while in Arkansas, he played 108 games, 489 plate appearances, slashing 222, 331, 396, with 13 home runs, 51 RBIs, 62 stolen bases, and a 94 WRC+, plus, a 13% walk rate to a 18% K rate. Interesting numbers. Interesting difference in numbers. His K rate fell 8%. So that is actually very encouraging. But along with that, his power fell. Obviously a 700 slugging percentage. Not super sustainable. But it fell to 396 over 108 games. So his power fell. He was striking out still. Clearly not making his heart of contact. I think he'll probably start the year down there next year. And next year will be a big season for him. He'll have to improve uh, in Double A to prove that he belongs on the big league team. But I think he has a future with this organization. Uh, the The drop in K rate is really encouraging. So maybe he was just working on that specifically this year, and that would be if he could stick it at that because that's been my biggest knock on him. And if he can get that down in the minors, I think even if he doesn't hit for an insane amount of power in the bigs when he makes it up. If he can hit 10 to 15 home runs, but play solid defense, get on base and steal 50-plus a year, which he has the potential to do, that's that's a pretty valuable player, especially with the new rules and base stealing. So I really like him. I really like Jonathan Classe, and he's on this team again like he was last year. My last outfielder, and I could have put him at DH, but I will explain my DH pick. My last outfielder, I think you might have heard of him. I've talked about him on this show. Lazaro Montez, yes. Lazaro Montez, the other Ken Griffey Jr. co-hitter of the year in the minors for the Mariners. What a year he had, and what a big boy. I wrote next to his name, Big Boy, because he's really big. He's listed on Fangraphs. He's 18, first of all, at 6'3", 210. And I talked about this when I, a few, like a month or a month or two ago when I talked about him on the show. There's been word that he's grown. So he might be bigger than 6'3", and I feel like he's going to, coming into next year, he's going to be listed like 6'4", 225, 230. Like, he's just a huge guy. Jordan comps have been thrown around for a reason. Their swings are kind of similar, and their size is this gigantic left-handed power hitter, so I see where the comps come from. But let's dig into the stats. So he started the year in the Complex League. He had 37 games down there, 146 plate appearances, slash 282, 452, 555, with six home runs, 31 RBIs, one stolen base, a 150 WRC+, a 22.6% walk rate, and a 25.3% K rate. And then he went up to A-ball. He got promoted to stateside A-ball. Played 33 games, 156 play appearances, slash 321, 429, 565, with seven home runs, 30 RBIs, one stolen base, and 165 WRC+. That goes along with a 13.5% walk rate and a 25% K rate. What a year for him. He was on that nuts team that won like 20 in a row to end the year and win the league. That was a sweet team. A lot of these guys were featured on that, as you've heard. Really, uh, man, he can freaking mash. We might see him next year if he just keeps mashing his way through the minors. This dude hits the ball hard. He's ginormous. He can play the corner. I think he can DH. He can probably play first if you really taught him to play first. This year he played... He DH'd a decent amount, but he played mostly right field. And I think, you know, the right field's going to look like Jordan does playing the outfield. Uh, you know, probably not the best, but he can probably make up for it in his bat. I The K rate, a little high for the level, 
but he's also 18 and that's really young even for that level of the minors and with those power numbers I if he cuts down on that strikeout rate a little bit and continues hitting like this look out I, I'm scared of the Jordan comps because it just Jordan is a crazy good one of the best hitters in the league has been for the past five years has been a top 10 hitter in the league that's a lot for this dude to live up to. And I see the reason for the comps. But also, Jordan had like a career 18% strikeout rate in the minors and a high, and a decently high walk rate. That's also what makes him so good. And so, Lazaro has a decent way to go, but super bright future just in terms of the tools. I mean, again, he's huge. He's so big. And socks really, really powerful long dingers. So I think he's another one we could potentially see next year because he could profile as a very good DH. But that is the outfielders. And the last position player on this list, the DH. My breakout of the year and probably the consensus breakout player of the minors this year, at least position player-wise, Luis Suisbell. Luis Suis Bell. I talked about him at some point this year as well. And I put him at DH. He played a couple games in D. He played five games in A-ball DH, which is not very much. But I didn't want to put Lazaro here because there weren't any other outfielders I wanted to really put on this list. And Suis Bell played first and third and a little bit of short, but predominantly... Uh, He played first base and third base this year. And those spots on this team were filled by Shiner and Locklear. And he he wasn't going to take those spots. So he played a little DH. So I stuck him at DH. He had a really good year at the plate. A guy I had never heard of prior to this year. Uh, Which is why he's my breakout of the year candidate. Uh, He started in the complex league like Lazaro. Played 36 games, 140 plate appearances, slash 291, 471, 573, six home runs, 25 RBIs, four stolen bases, and a 160 WRC plus. Really good. Really good at the plate. 19% walk rate, 28% K. Went up to A ball. He was part of the middle of that order of the Nuts, that legendary Modesto Nuts team. Played 31 games up there, 144 plate appearances, slash 290, 375, 492, with six home runs, 32 RBIs, no stolen bases, and a 132 WRC+. 8% walk rate, 29.9% K. That's not ideal, really, but he's 20 years old, so young for the level. I think he's got a bright future because he really broke out this year. And the home runs I saw videos of him hit, he can hit the ball hard. Uh, and I had never heard of him prior to this this season because uh, he was just in the Dominican Summer League the past two years before this. And what a year for him. I mean, made it up to the nuts and had that run with the team. I'm sure he'll start on the nuts next year or Everett uh, and be on the lookout. He, he seems like a guy who will probably be first base, uh, f- like first base, DH, three true outcome type guy again, uh, but really good year for him. Really good year, and that was the position players. We're done with the position players, so now we just have the eight pitchers to go over on my team of the year, and some caveats before mentioning the pitching. So for AAA, I mentioned the challenge system, the walk rates bumped up uh, in the league where the Rainiers play. Um, there was no one on. This list, there was what there was a reliever on this list that pitched in AAA. Otherwise, all the other pitchers were pitching in uh, either AA or below. And then AA also had a pre-tacked ball, but it wasn't in the league Arkansas plays in, so we don't have to be on the lookout for that in these stats either. And then before I talk about them, I will be mentioning their FIP and XFIP. So that's fielding independent pitching and then expected uh, fielding independent pitching because Fangraphs allows me to look at those numbers for minor leaguers now, which is sick. 
Um, if you don't know FIP, I've talked about it on the show before. It's really kind of, it's an ERA like rate stat. So it's, you'll see it listed like ERA is listed, like a 3.2, you know, that could be a FIP and an ERA. It's a rate stat just the same, but it kind of tries to take the, I don't know, it, fielding independent pitching is what it sounds like. It, it places a lot of emphasis on strikeouts, walks, and home runs. So it's kind of just an ERA stat, but more of an indicator of what the pitcher can control. So like if fielders make an error or just are generally really bad at fielding, a guy's ERA will likely be higher than his FIP because he was cursed by bad defense and he got a lot of guys out by himself. So that would be a higher FIP. So it's just another way of looking at um, how a guy did on his own because ERA is pretty dependent on a lot of other factors that are out of the pitcher's control. Uh, it's still still a good stat, but I wanted to include FIP as well. But take it with a grain of salt, especially in the minors, and especially if a guy has like less than 100 pitches or 100 innings. Um, but I wanted to include it. Anyway, I'm a Sierra guy, anyway, if we want to use a peripheral pitching rate stat. Uh, but they don't have minor league Sierra numbers on Fangraphs, so I can't tell you that. But I'll kick it off. I will kick it off with the... Jamie Moyer, pitcher of the year in the minor leagues for the Mariners. Reed Van Scooter, elite name also. Uh, he led the entire organization in inning, p- innings pitch this year and led the organization in strikeouts. He played on the Everett Aqua Sox, and Van Scooter is 24. He was taken in last year's draft. Last year's draft looking like it produced a lot of solid minor league players so far. He pitched 25 games. 143.1 innings pitch with a 3.27 ERA, a 2.94 FIP, and a 3.24 XFIP. In those 143 innings, he struck out 157 and walked 35. Uh, a 26% K rate to a 5.8% walk rate. Really good year. Absolute workhorse for the for the Aqua Sox. Uh, a, a southpaw who looks a little crafty lefty but a really good year for him. A guy who I had like remembered his name when they drafted him, but uh, this was his first pro season and he killed it. Absolute great year for him. So shout out to Reed Van Scooter, pitcher of the year for the Miners, and probably the best pitcher on this list this year. And then the second starting pitcher, Tyler Cleveland. He was uh, spent the whole year on the Modesto Nuts. He was second behind Van Scooter in innings pitched in the minors, so he pitched a lot. He started 20 games. He appeared in 25, so he had five relief appearances somewhere in there. Had 136 innings, 3.56 ERA, 4.2 FIP, and a 4.51 XFIP, 111 Ks, and 26 walks in those 136 innings. 20% K rate and a 4.6% walk rate. Really good year for Tyler Cleveland. A guy who, again, was in that 2022 draft. So, again, more more talent from that draft. Shout out to Tyler Cleveland. The third pitcher on this list, Brandon Schaefer. Brandon Schaefer, spoiler alert, taken in the 2022 amateur draft. And he spent the entire season, or no, he split his season between um, Modesto and Everett. Great year for him. In Modesto, he pitched 11 games, 49.2 innings, with a 3.62 ERA, 3.78 FIP, and a 4.44 XFIP. 58 Ks and 24 walks in those 49 innings. And then he got bumped up to Everett, a high A ball. Appeared in 16 games, started 14 of them. He pitched 84.2 innings with a 4.68 ERA, 4.86 FIP, and a 4.65 XFIP. 70 strikeouts and 22 walks in those 84 innings pitched. That's good for around a 19% K and a 6% walk rate. So, solid year. Stats definitely jumped up a little bit when he got promoted, but that is to be expected. Uh, makes It makes a lot of sense. And some of these numbers, like the ERAs, they're a little underwhelming. And it's because the system didn't have like amazing starting pitchers in it this year. Because you had Brian Wu and Bryce Miller, who had great few starts 
in the minors this year, but obviously pitched mostly for the majors, major league team. Emerson Hancock also made it to the major league team. And a lot of the other pitching prospects the past couple of years have been traded or just graduated from the system. So not like a tremendous amount of pitching talent in the minors right now compared to the hitting at least. So some of these numbers slightly underwhelming. And then my next pitcher, my next starting pitcher, I should say, Jimmy Joyce, another great name. He was uh, on the 2022 Team of the Year honorable mention list. He went from uh, high A ball to double A this year. So for Everett, he pitched nine games, 39.1 innings, a 1.6 ERA with a 3.58 FIP and a 2.92 XFIP, 54 Ks and 10 walks and 39 innings. That's a 34% K rate and a 6% walk rate. So he really was mowing them down in Everett. Then got bumped up to double A where he started seven games, pitched 30.2 innings, 3.82 ARA, 3.4 FIP, 4.44 XFIP. 29 Ks and 10 walks in those 30.2 innings. That's 22.7% K rate and an 8% walk rate. So good jump, honestly. Really performed in double A. Uh, really well. So I think he clearly is progressing well. I know double A is kind of where a lot of the pitching lab is for the Mariners. So I think he'll start the year next year with them. And I think, look out, I think he could be a potential impact guy in the next year uh, to come out of double A and the pitching lab. And the jump from high A or A ball to double A is really tough. The jump from AAA to the majors is the hardest, obviously, and is getting harder. But I've heard that um, the second hardest would be the jump from A ball to AA. So the fact that he did that and put up three, a 3.8 ERA and 30 innings, that's pretty solid. And going into next year, I'll be looking out for him. And then my last starter on this list. So I mentioned underwhelming. And after I got those four guys... There's a lot of other guys who like had de- had good years, I should say. They had good years, but not like jumping off the page. And then there was this fella. And he didn't pitch that many innings, which is why I was hesitant to put him on this list for starting pitchers especially, but his numbers warranted it. Uh, and it's Jeter Martinez. So Jeter Martinez, if you recognize the name, was the other high-profile signing with Felden Celestin in the Mariners' um, international signing signings this year. So there was Felden for the huge amount of money, and then Jeter Martinez went for, I want to say, like one and a half mil. So a highly touted pitching guy out of the Dominican. He threw eight starts in the Dominican Summer League this year, made 10 appearances. He had 47 innings down there. 1.72 ERA with a 3.38 FIP and a 3.56 XFIP. In those 47 innings, he struck out 55 and walked 20. And he had a 30.7% K rate to an 11% walk rate down there. And I include it because that's just a lot of strikeouts. Uh, clearly a man and a lot of walks. So clearly a guy was stuff. A guy was stuff and he's... 17 in the Dominican Summer League. We're not going to see this guy anytime soon. But I wanted to include him because, one, he's 6'4 and 180. Really good body for a pitcher, especially at 17. I think his stuff is is what obviously caused the Mariners to go out and sign this guy. Uh, and he struck out a lot of dudes in the Summer League this year. I think he'll probably stick in the Summer League next year and then maybe... Actually, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to say anything. Um, I don't want to make any promises. But that was the starters. That was the starters: Reed Van Scooter, Tyler Cleveland, Brandon Schaefer, Jimmy Joyce, and Jeter Martinez. And now to the three relievers to round out the team of the year: Prelander Baroa. I didn't include. Uh, he had a really good season. Really good season down in Double A. Uh, but I'm not going to include him because he made it an appearance for the Mariners, but I wanted to mention him anyway. I imagine he will be in the bullpen next year for the Mariners. I wanted to mention him, but he's not included on this team. So now without further ado, the relief pitchers, the first one, 
Jorge Benitez. Jorge Benitez is 24 years old. He is a southpaw. He pitched briefly for the Ever Aqua Sox. He pitched five games for them out of the pen, 5.2 innings, didn't give up any runs, struck out eight and walked five, got promoted to double A immediately, pitched 40 games out of the pen for them, 59 innings pitched uh, with a 2.14 ERA, 4.2 FIP, 4.92 XFIP. He had a save and he struck out 74 and walked 39 in those 59 innings pitched. Uh, 28.6% K rate and a 15.1% walk rate. So really solid year from him. He was on my 2022 team of the year list as one of the three relief pitchers. Uh, Another guy I could see uh, debuting next season. Uh, He'll probably stick in double A to start the year. Again, that's where the pitching lab is. That K rate and walk rate are right in line with what the Mariners seem to love for a relief pitcher, especially in this modern era. He also is a lefty, which adds something different. And I think he could definitely crack into the bullpen next year. As we saw with like Saucedo and Isaiah Campbell this season, I think he could be that kind of role next year in the bullpen. So keep on the lookout for him. Really good year last year, built on it again this year. Uh, Clearly a very talented pitcher. My next relief pitcher is Peyton Alford. Peyton Alford, uh, an older guy, 26, but 26 for high A. That's that's a little bit older for the level. But he was third in all Mariners minor league pitchers with a minimum of 40 innings pitched in K percentage. Struck out 36.4% of his batters this year. Uh, he's also a lefty, funny enough. So for the Aqua Sox this year, he had 41 games out of the pen, 47.2 innings pitched with a 2.83 ERA, 3.26 FIP, and 3.15 XFIP. That makes sense given the amount of strikeouts he had. Yeah, he had six saves. Again, struck out 71 and 47.2 innings, 21 walks. Uh, great year. Great year for him. I imagine he'll make it up to AA next year. Really good year. Peyton Alford. One for the future. He, a little again, a little bit older, but also a guy with those numbers. If he replicates that similarly in Double A next year, another candidate for making the Double A to the bullpen jump. The Mariners seem to like to do that too. So Peyton Alford, another name to remember. And then my final guy on the team of the year for 2023 is Riley O'Brien, and that name might sound familiar to some of you. That is because. Riley O'Brien made one appearance for the Mariners last season at the end of the year. He pitched one inning. And this year, he pitched the entire time in AAA. So again, challenge system warning down there. So walk rate probably a little bit, a little bit up in uh, from where it might be if he was in the bigs. And he led all of the Mariners minor league pitchers minimum 40 innings pitch in K percentage. K percentage down there in AAA. He was mowing them down. Uh, He appeared in 51 games. He started three of them, uh, but predominantly a relief pitcher. He pitched 55 innings with a 2.29 ERA, 3.26 FIP, and 3.5 XFIP. 15 saves, 86 strikeouts, and 31 walks in those 55 innings. Again, 37.7% K rate and a 13.6% walk rate. So a little higher, the, again, you know, challenge system, bumping that up a little bit, but that is, that's really good numbers. The All three of these guys, I could see in the bullpen pitching for the Mariners next year a little bit. Riley O'Brien maybe the most because he's in AAA already, and those stats in AAA are really impressive, especially in the run environment in the Pacific Coast, Pacific Coast League, excuse me. Uh, Tacoma itself is a pretty decent place to pitch, but three teams they play in their division regularly have some of the highest run environments in the league. And so those numbers are impressive nonetheless. And AAA, 2.29 ERA and 86 strikeouts in 55 innings is really good. Riley O'Brien, another name to look out for in the bullpen. And that is it. That is the Mariners Myers team of the year. I'll run through all the names again real quick. Uh... Another prelander Broa thing. So we had Peyton Alford, who was third. So minimum 40 innings pitched. 
We had Peyton Alford, who was third overall in the system in K percentage at 36.4. And Riley O'Brien, who was first in that K percentage. Prelander Bro was second. And then Brian Wu also qualified for that. He was fourth in K percentage. So just wanted to mention that. Those two guys obviously not on this team. But to run it back through the Mariners Miners team of the year, my second edition of this since the podcast started for 2023. You got Harry Ford at catcher, Tyler Locklear at first base, Hogan Windish at second base, Jake Shiner at third base, Cole Young at shortstop, Lazaro Montez in the outfield, Jonathan Classe in the outfield, and Spencer Packard as well. And then the DH, Luis Suisbell. And then the starting pitchers, you have Reed Van Scooter, Tyler Cleveland, Brandon Schaefer, Jimmy Joyce, and Jeter Martinez. And then your three release pitchers are Jorge Benitez, Peyton Alford, and Riley O'Brien. And that is it, folks. That is the Mariners Minor League Team of the Year. I hope you appreciated listening. I love to keep up with the minor leagues. I think, again, it's it's an important part of me being a fan. I like to look towards the future. I like to see who's doing cool things in the minors uh, so that when they make it up to the big league team, I'm like, hey, look at that. I know that guy. Uh, I think it's it doesn't have to be an important part of you being a fan, but it is for me. And I really like uh, looking at all the great talent in the minor leagues, and the Mariners have plenty of it. The system improved a lot over the course of this year. Uh, I think showed that the organization has proven to be not only really good at pitching development, but I think they're coming along with hitting. And the future is bright. The future is bright with this org in terms of development. Because again, they weren't a highly touted system at the beginning of the year, and by the end of the year, they're one of the better systems in the league. So... There's a lot of talent down there. I think we'll see some of that next season. And I'm looking forward to what these guys do next season after being Team of the Year recipients. Uh, We have yet to see any of them make the big league team. Uh, But I I think it's coming. I think it's coming soon. So that's it for this pod. Appreciate y'all listening this far. Uh, And be on the lookout. I will be releasing a pod at the same time next week with my recap of my over-unders and predictions that I set out for for the broader MOB at the start of the year. And then the following week, I'll be having a Mariners recap, uh, season recap pod going into everything that went well, went wrong, whatever for the team this year, and diving into a lot of individual player stats. So next couple weeks, keep on the lookout for those pods. Again, appreciate y'all listening. Have a good rest of your week. And of course, go Mariners. But honestly, go Modesto Nuts.